please be seated. And as you take your seat, you can open your copy of the Word of God to Ezekiel chapter 27. We're going to look, as Nick mentioned, to the entire chapter this morning as we consider the rise and fall of the city of Tyre, Ezekiel chapter 27. I did my best this past week to persuade uh, Nick that I was not trying to punish him by having him read those words that were difficult in the entire passage, and he did an excellent job, and I thank God for him week by week and all that he brings to the ministry here at Christ Central. Ezekiel 27 is a lamentation over the destruction of the mighty ancient city of Tyre. Tyre was a principal city in Phoenicia, modern-day Lebanon. And the name Tyre means rock. It referred to the main fortress that was located on a rock one-half mile offshore. The city was built in two parts. There was an onshore section, and then there was a, a smaller island section off the coast. The Egyptians and the Assyrians sought to maintain control of Tyre due to its importance as a port city and a military outpost. And Nebuchadnezzar continued attempts to sack the city and to destroy it. He took up where the Assyrians left off. And after 17 or 18 years of trying to do it, he was unsuccessful. Alexander the Great was the first one to actually conquer the city, and he did so by constructing a causeway from the main section of the city to this little coastal island area. Until that time, Tyre ranked as a powerful, wealthy, commercial city, dealing in all kinds of wares. If you go to Ezekiel, the broad context of this is chapters 30, or excuse me, 25 through 33, where we have Ezekiel's oracles of judgment against the nation surrounding Israel. God would never tolerate the mistreatment of his people. And this entire section points to those oracles or judgments against the nations, and often represented by great cities like the city of Tyre. The narrow context is Ezekiel chapter 26 through 28. We have the announcement of Tyre's destruction in chapter 26. Then we have 27 here, the lament. And then finally in chapter 28 is a prophecy of king, the king of Tyre and his destruction. And so chapter 27 presents Tyre as a huge, a well-outfitted sailing ship. It's sort of an allegory in this entire passage. And uh, it's sailing along, and it's a ship full of all kinds of expensive cargo due to its international trade, but it suffers shipwreck in the end, and it sinks without or within the sight of land. You see, the reason we read this passage this morning and the reason we're looking at this chapter is because Tyre and this passage demonstrates the futility of loving and pursuing and trusting in all the things the world calls important apart from God. Let me say that again. Tyre represents the futility of loving and pursuing and trusting in all the things the world calls important apart from God. I'd like us to review the passage this morning briefly and then make some applications for us 
based on this passage in the end. I want you to notice three things, and they coincide with the three separate readings in your bulletin. Number one, I want you to notice the beauty and the security of Tyre, verses 1 through 11. And then I want us to look at the affluence and significance of Tyre, and that is in verses 12 through 25. And then finally, the fall and the destruction of Tyre, and we see that in the third scripture reading, verses 26 through 36. So along with an outline of the message, join me in prayer. Let's ask God to bless our time of Bible study together this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Father, we wish to see Jesus and Him only. We pray that you would forgive the preacher for his sins or many. Glorify yourself and edify every one of us as a result of hearing and studying and feasting on your word this morning. Bless us, Lord, to that end. We ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, you'll notice in the first section of the first reading, Tyre's beauty and security. Tyre's beauty can be seen in verses 1 through 7. After the Lord tells Ezekiel to take up a lamentation over Tyre, uh, the Lord reveals the state of the heart of this city and its inhabitants. Look at verse 3b. O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Sounds almost like Muhammad Ali. I am the greatest, the prettiest, the best that ever lived, or whatever he said. The passage goes on to describe the beauty of the good ship Tyre. In verse 4, Tyre's glory and beauty have no boundaries, no limits. And Tyre is presented as the mother of all beauty and luxury on the high seas. Verses 5 through 7, the beauty and the glory of Tyre extends to the expensive and imported materials used to build and adorn her. Look at verses 5 through 7, planks of fir trees from Sinir. Cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you, oars made of the oaks of Bashan. Her deck is inlaid with ivory and cypress. Your sail embroidered cloth from Egyptian linen. And so we know that Tyre was considered a very beautiful, very luxurious place on the map. But tragically, what appears to be so beautiful on the surface is really ugly underneath. This is a picture of a self-generated beauty. It's a portrait of narcissism and selfishness. You see, the beauty of Tyre is built on a foundation of pride and arrogance and self. We know from chapter 26 that Tyre rejoiced in Israel's misfortunes, in Jerusalem's misfortunes specifically. All it meant was more trade for them, a bigger piece of the market or the pie. And so they were greedy, they were selfish, and they set out to really make a name for themselves. But you see, this is the type of beauty that the world celebrates. Remember, 1 John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And the world is passing away. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So the world celebrates outward beauty with little to no concern for inward character. This is the so-called beauty of Tyre. 
that the world prizes and admires apart from God. We live in a society where people celebrate beauty. They celebrate celebrity. They celebrate looks rather than character, and that's tragic. And while the world may celebrate that sort of thing, God doesn't. God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, as the Lord said about King David. No, the Lord requires far more than that. Well, that's Tyre's beauty. Notice quickly Tyre's security. In verses 8 through 11, Tyre's beauty and glory were complemented by her nautical expertise. They had the best of everything to maintain and guarantee stability and security on the high seas. Notice Ezekiel presents Tyre as a stable and secure sailing vessel which is ready for and able to overcome any adverse conditions on the sea. In verse 8a, we have an expert and seasoned crew of rowers, the Sidonians, who were just as skilled in their naval prowess as their fellow Phoenician brothers, the Tyrians. In verse 8b, your wise men served as pilots or navigators. Verse 9, the knowledgeable and the skilled maintenance staff. They had elders and wise men from Gabal. The latter part of verse 9, a superior supply chain for its efficient distribution of goods. All the ships of the sea and their sailors were with you in order to deal your merchandise. This is a tremendous commercial power. In verses 10 and 11, if that were not enough, they had a mighty military, able and prepared to defend 24-7. Two times, it says, of different peoples, they hung their shields and helmets. They hung their shields on your walls all around. It was a picture of 24-7 security. And so, in summary, Tyre is pictured as this indestructible ship with the finest crew and staff and pilots and navigators known to man. And moreover, Tyre commands the attention of all the ships of the sea and their sailors. And she has defending armies at her disposal, ready to fight for and protect her interests around the clock. It's nice to have a feeling of security, isn't it? This is a picture of worldly security. Self-sufficient, secure, and indestructible. Nothing can get to me. What could possibly go wrong when you have a superior knowledge and technology and expert manpower to drive and maintain this massive, beautiful ship? But just like the beauty of Tyre, the security of Tyre is built on a faulty foundation. This is a picture of absolute trust in man to the exclusion of God. Security in Tyre is not a matter of trust and faith and dependency upon the living God. It's a matter of what I can do for myself, what I can provide for myself to make me feel secure in a very unstable world. What is your security based on this morning? Very important that we don't follow the direction of Tyre because Tyre demonstrates what we see so much of in our culture and beyond is that self-absorbed sense of security. That I will take care of myself. That I'm a cat, or just like a cat with nine lives. When I fall, I land on my feet. And nothing, and no one, is going to get in my way or upset me. I take care of myself. 
That's the type of security that is a false security because it doesn't find its foundation in faith and trust and dependency upon the living God. Well, that is Tyre's beauty and security. Now, notice, secondly, Tyre's affluence and significance in verses 12 through 25. This section of the passage reads like a cargo manifest. Ezekiel meticulously lists not only all of her trading partners, but also all the commodities that were being traded. And through its customers and traders, Tyre became one of the richest and most affluent cities in the ancient world. Look at verse 12. There's precious metals, silver, iron, tin, and lead. We have bronze in verse 13. They also had slaves. Look at verse 13. With the lives of many men. The lives of men they paid for their merchandise. Verse 14, livestock for war and daily labor, horses, war horses, and mules. Verse 15, rare and expensive animal byproducts like ivory, tusks, and ebony. Verse 16 has precious stones and fabrics, emeralds, purple, embroidered work, fine linen and coral and rubies. In verse 17 and 18, not only do they have all these beautiful things, they have food and medical supplies, the wheat of Minnith, cakes, honey, oil, and balm, wine of Helbon, and white wool. They also have livestock for food. Verse 21, lambs and rams and goats. Verse 22, the best of all kinds of spices, and more precious stones and gold. And if that weren't enough, they had clothing and home furnishings in verses 23 and 24. Choice, choice garments, clothes of blue and embroidered work, carpets of many colors, and tightly wound cords. And verse 25 offers a grand summary of the whole. You were filled and were very glorious in the heart of the seas. Now you see, ultimately, Ezekiel's purpose is not to educate us about Tyre's economy, but to reinforce the message that all their wealth, all her power would be useless in comparison to the sovereignty of Yahweh. The world makes so much of what it can see. And this is a picture of being rich in the world, but not rich toward God. This is a picture of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And note, these things are not bad in and of themselves. The badness of this situation is not affluence, but the absence of God. Jesus himself said, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but forfeits his soul? I can't think, or can't help but think of the parable of the rich man. You remember the guy in the New Testament that he had plenty of barns and his crops produced a great, great harvest, and he kept on saying to himself, I will build bigger barns so that I'll have a place to store all these goods. And I'll say to myself, Eat drink and enjoy your pleasure. Enjoy the work of your hands. But that night, God took him in an instant. And Jesus made it clear that great wealth, great affluence can often not be a blessing but a curse. Because it can turn your heart away from the Lord if you allow it. And so this is a picture of worldly wealth apart from and divorced from the living God. Tyre had great wealth, 
great affluence, but also great influence, or we might even say significance. And we see that in this passage, too. In addition to the 40 products mentioned a moment ago, this passage outlines approximately 20 different trading alliances. And this list of customers and traders of all these goods is extensive. Tyre traded with virtually every area of the Mediterranean Sea. In verse 12, the impressive range of merchant connections begins and ends with Tarshish. If you look on a map of the Mediterranean Sea, the Mediterranean Basin, Tarshish is thought to be southern Spain, implying that Tyre's trade stretched along the whole extent of the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 13, the names Javon, Tubal, and Meshach are first found as sons of Japheth in Genesis chapter 10, verse 2. But Ezekiel's time, in his time, the names signified geographical regions, perhaps peopled by descendants of those men. The list of names demonstrates the far-off places which Tyre did business. Javon was a collective Old Testament name for Greece. Tubal refers to the ancient table in what is now central Turkey, the providence of Cappadocia in New Testament times. Meshach refers to people known in Greek literature as the Moskoi, who settled in an area of southeast edge of the Black Sea, the northeastern part of modern Turkey. And in verse 14, Beth Togomar was located in the region of Carchemish and Haran. And so you see, what Ezekiel is trying to do is demonstrate the significance of Tyre. What is their significance? What is their influence? What is their lasting legacy? It is that they were the commercial empire of the known world at that time. And if you wanted to do trade, you had to do it with Tyre. Now, the influence of Tyre and its significance was powerful as it was extensive. International trade begins and ends in Tyre. And Tyre made a name for itself throughout the Mediterranean world. You know, from a worldly perspective, the idea of influence can lead to a false sense of immortality. That is, people want to know that they're, they've made their mark. That was the problem at the Tower of Babel. You remember they said, let us make a name for ourselves. And so they began to build this enormous tower. Again, as God was absent from the equation. And in the very end, after building that tower, God came down and simply dispersed all those peoples to demonstrate that you and I were never created to make a name for ourselves. We were created to glorify God. We were created to live and exist and move according to His good pleasure. And whenever we divorce those great objectives that God has for human beings, whenever we eliminate those things, then we begin to look for those things that might give us a lasting legacy. I mean, after all, people name schools or have schools named after themselves. I was watching the other day at the Kansas City Chiefs and how they have that big statue of Lamar Hunt who meant so much to the AFL and the NFL. All over the United States, you can find statues and educational institutions with names on them that people worked a lifetime in order to make their mark. 
in order to have that sense of significance. You see, this is part of the boastful pride of life that John talks about in 1 John 2, 15-17. The desire to seek and celebrate my significance without God. Oddly enough, Jesus came and said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. You will not find it in the world as the world seeks for it. Yet there are many, many adults and young, young people seeking for that sense of significance. Why am I here? Who am I? What is my purpose? Where am I going? All those questions find answers in the Bible and with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, that is the beauty and security of Tyre and the affluence and significance of Tyre. Then notice finally and thirdly, the fall and destruction of Tyre in verses 26 through 36. In verses 26 and 27, Ezekiel offers a description of the swift that is swift and catastrophic. The rowers have brought you into great waters. The east wind has broken you. And the loss is catastrophic. Your wealth, your wares, your merchandise, your sailors and pilots, all of the things that were mentioned in the passage earlier fall into the heart of the sea. And ladies and gentlemen, it's vital to note just how rapidly Tyre faced her demise. There's something of a beauty of, of literary device here as the first two portions of the first two readings are lengthy as they describe the wealth and the grandeur and the glory of Tyre, you'll notice that her destruction and her fall came in an instant. Verses 28 through 21, the crews of all the other ships on the sea leave their ships and come in to land in order to offer lamentation and mourning over Tyre's tragic loss. And in verses 33 through 36, this portion reads like a final epitaph. Tyre's beauty and security and affluence and influence have perished she is now an appalling sight which strikes terror in the hearts of kings. And those who once profited from her merchandise hiss at her. It's like a laughingstock. The final words of verse 36 offer a summary of this catastrophic loss. You have become terrified and you will cease to be forever. What are some applications that we might draw from this quickly this morning? You read about one city of several that was sacked, destroyed in history as a result of God's plan, God's decree, because of their arrogance and selfishness and worldliness and their opposition to God's people. Let me make four applications this morning. Number one, what is true beauty? What is true beauty? We will never understand our own beauty and glory as human beings without first acknowledging the beauty and the glory of God. That's why Psalm 27.4 says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. Psalm 96, verse 6, Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. And the psalmist says in Psalm 84, 1 and 2, how lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs for, even yearns for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing 
for joy to the living God. You'll never see your true beauty and glory as a human being unless you first acknowledge the glory and the beauty of Almighty God. That the Lord looked down from heaven. He made us in His image. But we are fallen creatures. Beauty became ugly. And the Lord God sent His one and only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life and to die as our sacrificial lamb. And so the Lord brings beauty out of ashes, as Isaiah says, by saving us from our sins and making us fit for heaven as a new people of God, made up of Jews and Gentiles. Do you know your true beauty today? True security. We will never find true and lasting security in this world. Only in the Lord God Almighty. So many Americans, so many people in the world seek after security. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You see, the life of faith and the life of trust is a life that depends upon that which you cannot see. It doesn't depend on your portfolio. It doesn't depend on the status of your health. It doesn't depend on someone else, your friendship, your network of relationships. No, it depends upon the Lord. And as indestructible as Tyre thought it was, nothing and no one can stand before a holy God. And so we're told to seek our security not away from Him, but in Him. And what more security would you want than to be a child of God as a result of the gospel of Jesus Christ? The Lord Jesus himself said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. The Lord God Almighty knows the number of the hairs on your head. He knows the number that your heart will beat throughout life. He loves you. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Psalm 94, the Lord has become my stronghold and my God, the rock of my refuge. What is your sense of security this morning built on? If it's not the Lord God, then it's going to be something in this world, in this life, that is a faulty foundation, just like Tyre. Thirdly, true affluence. All the riches and the treasures of Tyre were only temporary. And they vanished forever in the heart of the sea. For you and I, we will never be satisfied with the affluence and the abundance of this world apart from God. We must see true riches and satisfaction in our relationship to the living God. That's why Psalm 34, 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 37, 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 42, 1, As the deer pants for water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. All of the material goods, all of the food, and the luxury items of tear could never satisfy an empty soul. It's only satisfied in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is why the Lord Jesus Himself said, unless you eat My flesh and drink My blood, you have no life in yourself. True nourishment 
true riches and affluence is not found in this world. It's found in soul satisfaction of knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you're a child of God and you're heading for heaven. One final application. True significance. You know, the influence and significance of Tyre was lost forever and in a moment of time. Her legacy, as one historian says, is a city of ruins built on ruins. This is what happens whenever human beings seek to make a name for themselves. When human beings seek to worship their works and their achievements and their accomplishments as if life didn't matter apart from what you leave behind on this earth. But true significance is found when you discover that God made you. That God loves you. And that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and to redeem you. And you're a child of His forever. The only way to find your true meaning and worth and significance is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith and trust Him and begin to walk with Him in a relationship for the rest of your life. You know, Revelation 18 speaks of the fall of Babylon, and it alludes extensively to this description of Tyre. You see, ultimately, all the cities, all the countries of the world that forsake God and turn away from Him, like Tyre, they're summarized in Babylon. And Babylon's going to fall. The city of God will last forever, but the city of man will perish, just like Tyre. Let me ask you, what is your significance in life? Do you see it as being a child of God? Or do you see it in something else in this life, in this world? I want to challenge you this morning to discover true beauty, true security, true riches, and true significance in a relationship to God with faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for this vivid imagery of the city of man as we look at the city of Tyre. And Lord, we thank you so much for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, in order to come and offer a beautiful gospel that would save us from our sin and give us all the riches of the glory of God and the significance of being sons and daughters of God. Lord, may we drink deeply of this today, and may we not return to the dry, temporary well of this world for anything. May we find ourselves stable and secure in your kingdom. And may we long for you day by day until we go to meet you when we die or when you come and return to take us to yourself. Lord, bless all of our hearts in that direction. We pray for those who are caught up in the city of man, that, Lord, you would rescue them before the time when they perish. Use us in that endeavor, Lord. And we commit all of these things to you now in your capable hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.